I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in Hashem. Because I understand that He's holding my hand. There are many, many reasons why a yid davens every day. I want to give you a mashal of one of the reasons why we daven. It was once a king that made an announcement to the entire country, all of his citizens, that on a certain day and a certain time, everyone can come to the king and ask for anything they wish. And the king will grant them their wish. Everybody lined up on the right day and the right time. Everyone had a list that they prepared. One person needed a new house, another one a horse and wagon, another one needed a cow, another one needed new clothes. Everyone had something that they needed. There was one yid online and his paper with a list was empty because he was thinking to himself whatever I'm gonna write down now is not gonna be as good as what I need tomorrow that means right now let's say I need five things tomorrow is a new day with new needs and a year from now I'm gonna need other things I don't know right now exactly what I need. So what should I write? And he's thinking and thinking. And he finally decided what he's going to write. He wants to write something that will help him, not just now for all the things he needs presently, but for all the days to come. And he wrote down his note and he gave it to the king. The king reads it, and it says over there, Majesty the king, please give me a pass to visit you every single day. So he is going to get to see the king every day. So whenever he has a need, he can always present it to the king. We, Yitten, get an invitation from Hashem three times a day to visit the king of all kings, Hashem, and to ask for anything you want, anything you need. And Hashem says, just ask me. Someone needs a refuah. You say, refa'enu. 
need a bracha for Parnasa. You say, Baruch Aleinu. But imagine if we're standing in front of a king and we just mumble the words. Even a regular king, a human king. And just say, not only it's not respectful, you're not even saying anything. When we speak to Hashem, Hashem surely deserves that we should say the words clearly. Who are we fooling? Now I'm going to tell you something that happened with me when I was about eight years old. I'm going to ask you for a favor. Don't tell my mommy. Because my mommy didn't know I was doing that. I'll tell you what it was. I came home from shul in the morning. We used to daven in shul, not in yeshiva. If we daven in yeshiva, I think it would have been better. I daven in shul. The shul that I went to, I used to live on Montgomery Street. And I went to the shul, 770 Montgomery Street, between Albany and Troy. It's still there, the shul, right. And I would, I came home one day after davening, and my mother said to me, huh, so quick? How did you daven so fast? It should take you at least a half hour. So I made sure the next day not to come home before a half an hour. But the sad truth was, that I did not daven a single word. And I'll tell you what, why I thought I shouldn't daven. It was a reason. The reason I didn't daven a single word, because the sitter is big, I was a small boy yet, I thought it's too much for me. I can't daven from, from Arini Mekabel or from Maidani. Daven the whole davening, it's too much. So the smart thing would be if I would have just a little part and say it well, say the words clearly, Hareini, Mekabel, Olay, and the rest, if I skipped it, I skipped it. But I didn't even do that. You know why? My Yetzirah was telling me, either you do 100% or zero. Because anything less than 100 is not worth anything. So I, I said, okay, if it's not worth anything, I won't do anything. So I just used to turn the pages, move my lips, make believe. Sometimes I moved my lips, not always. Sometimes they even made a hum, as if I'm davening. I did not know at that age something that I found out later. What did I find out later? It says in Shulchan Aruch, Taiv ma'at bikavana. Better daven less properly than a lot not properly. In other words, let's say, for example, if I knew then, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but my guess is that if I knew then that all I have to do is a few parts, like Ashrei, Ishtabach, Shema, and Shmanesrei. If I then knew, that, that's all you got to do, I probably would have said every single word carefully. And even though I didn't say the rest, but I know it's worth it to Hashem. Because it's better than not davening at all. 
but I wasn't sure about it. A few days ago, I asked the Rav, am I allowed to tell children in yeshiva that when they're, let's say, in shul, when you're in class, you're in class. You do what the class is doing. But let's say you're in shul on your own or at home and davening. I asked them, can I tell the children just to daven the main parts? And he says, on one condition. If you tell them it's only the first step, it's temporary. Which means, right now you'll just have in a few parts. Let's say, Ashrei, Baruch Sha'amah, Yishtabach, Kriyashma, and Shemayna Temporarily. After a, a week or, or a month, you get used to it, you can add another few lines. Hallelujah, or something. He says, if you tell them it's only temporary, in order to get to Davin more, it's okay. That's, I asked Rabbi Brian. And that's what he answered me. And the reason I'm telling it to you, because now summer is coming, there are going to be opportunities, you're going to be davening on your own, davening in shul, at home. You should know, turning pages is nothing. It's like, it, that we shouldn't fool ourselves and think, I daven, just like I thought I davened. And like I told you, please don't tell my mommy that I was tricking her. I'm sure she, she must have thought maybe I was tricking her. But it doesn't matter. The point is, if I would have known then what I, I'm telling you, I'm sure I would have davened much more. Simply because I didn't know you allowed to do certain parts which are the most important. How can you go a day without Shema? I can go a day without Shemayin Esrei. And slowly but surely, you can add more and more. So if we're doing it like a first step to the next step, it's okay. That's what I wanted to tell you. Now comes the story. The story is with the Tzemach Tzedek. There was once a Yid, a Chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek, he came home, was Erev Sukkis, and his son was very, very sick. The doctors were around him, and they could not find any medicine for him. They tried, they called the biggest professors, and all the doctors said to them, there is no cure, and they said they don't know if he's going to live a few more days. And the truth is, a doctor never knows. And if a doctor says anything, it's a lie and it's not true. You know why? Because a doctor is only allowed to tell you what's going on with the body. You could say, he has this sickness or that sickness, but to say whether the person is going to live or die, that's not up to the doctor. It's up to Hashem. Hashem has a Sefer HaChayim. And over there, Hashem wrote down how long each neshama is going to be in the world. And doctors don't have, they don't have a chance to peek into that book. Hashem is the only one who knows. And everyone lives exactly how much Hashem decided for that person. Because that's the best for that person. But these doctors were scaring him. So when it came, the Chalamoy Tzukis, 
he got took his horse and wagon and he said goodbye and he said I'm going to the Rebbe took him a couple of days to travel to Lubavitch to the Tzemach Tzedek when he got there he asked the Gabbai to let him in to the Rebbe and the Gabbai said no way Hashayna Rabba you realize today is out of Yantif Tonight, Shmini Atzeres, the Rebbe is so busy. But it's a matter of pikuach nefesh, a matter of life and death. Oh, why didn't you say so? I just said so. Okay, I'll ask the Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, call him right in. Of course. Came into the Rebbe and took his note where it said the name of his son and his mother's name and wanted to give it to the Rebbe to get a bracha for a Rafur Shalema. But the Rebbe did not take the note from his hand. The Rebbe showed him he should put it down on the desk. Uh-oh. That's not a very good sign, he thought to himself. And the Rebbe read it. And he said to him something which sounded like a a, not a very strong bracha. And he didn't hear the words before Shalema. And he walked out of the Rebbe's room very, very sad. That's all I get. I couldn't get a real, real bracha. He went into the shul and he took it to Hillam and he began davening with tears, crying and crying. You should know in those days, Tillam with tears, extremely powerful. In our days, you know what the Rebbe said? No more tears with Tillam. No matter what's the problem, we say Tillam with Simcha, you get even more. But in those days, it was with tears. And he was crying a whole day. Till it came nighttime, it's Shmini Atzeres. People came to Shul. Came a Kafis. The first night of Yanta, everyone's dancing. He looked at the crowd and he asked himself a question. Am I supposed to be here with my tillim and cry? What does Hashem want from me right now? The mitzvah right now is to dance, no? He closed the tillim, wiped his tears, and jumped into the crowd and started to dance with an extraordinary simcha. An unusual simcha like, like he never danced before. And he danced with all his might, hours and hours until he was the last guy. The same thing happened the following night, the night of Simcha's Torah. Dancing and dancing and dancing nonstop. The same thing Simcha's Torah of the day by a compass. On the day after Yantif, Israchag, he thinks to himself, uh-oh, now I have to go home. What am I going to find at home? The doctors did not give him too many days to live. I wonder what's... Huh, I'm not so excited about what's going to happen when I get home. But anyhow, I want to go to the Rebbe and say goodbye. When it came his turn, he walks into the Tzemach Tzedek's room, and Tzemach Tzedek has a big smile for him. 
and he says, I want to tell you something special happened. And the Rebbe said like this, when you came to me, Erev Yamtiv, and you asked me for a bracha, I could only give a bracha if it's available in Shemayim. But for your son, there was nothing available because unfortunately it was a decree that was not shakable. I couldn't budge that decree. So I couldn't give you a bracha. That was before Yantiv. But you did something unusual on Yantiv that you canceled that decree. You were dancing with Simcha like you never did before. You never danced with such Simcha. You canceled the decree. I could see your son is now healthy and he's going to live many, many healthy, long years. And the father went home to find his son healthy and have many long years to live. The lesson from the story is that whatever you do, if you are besimcha, no matter what's happening, you bring all the brachas from Hashem. A guten tag, and have a wonderful, wonderful summer.